0: Go ahead and have a seat. Good morning. Sorry,
1: Good
0: morning. morning. You know, um, I'm gonna start off with some announcements here. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, uh, we're just rolling it all together, you know? Yeah. Um, it's cool. Uh, you know, this morning I'm like, man, I know we have a lot of people here in Wichita that are out of town on vacations, on trips, or whatever. I was like, man, it's gonna be uh kind of like Slim Pickens in here. But no no no. <laughs> it's a Columbia takeover. <laughs> it really is. Right? Uh we got uh we got this uh we got the Smiths, we got the Sylvies, we got uh the Moors. Where did they go sit down? Oh right here, yeah, yeah, the Moors right here. Oh my goodness! It's amazing. I know there's more of you guys uh, that are visiting as well uh, here with us. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, so a few announcements. Really, guys, this is easy. I, I want to give us announcements for the week now. Okay. I know. We're gonna pray. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a, a, a look at uh, some scripture together. Okay. Have a little message here, okay? Uh, ready for the announcements? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Midweek is by small group, okay. right? Yeah. So be talking with your small group. Next Sunday we'll meet back here. All right. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Uh, family promise this week. If you have questions, talk to Scott Sinsman. That's kicking off today. Today. Yeah. So we're partnering with uh, Northridge or Friends. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Northridge Friends Church is the partnership. I thought I was half right. Half right. Let's pray. Let's pray for what God has going on in our community, and we'll uh, we'll have a message together. Uh, Father, thank you for bringing us all here this morning. Um, I know walking in this morning, I was expecting to see the faces that I'm getting to see. And thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for the encouragement you provide for us through your family. Uh, Father, we do pray for the things we have going on from the way that we meet from midweek to our services, to the way we're reaching out, the way we're partnering, the way we're serving the poor, God. We pray that we stay in step with you and your spirit in everything, Father. Just help us to be discerning. God, please sift away that's anything that's not of you. And God, help us to see you and be with you clearly. Walk as Jesus walked. We thank you so much for this opportunity, Father. We pray as we read your word this morning that you use it to speak to our hearts, to our souls. God, that we feel it in our bones, that we can't walk away this morning uh, without being affected and changing our lives in some way, Father. We thank you so much for the gift of your word. Your word is truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Sorry, I'm I'm moving. I'm down here. I don't like being up there. I want to be down here. I want to be... If I could just sit and talk with you guys. I'd prefer to do that, but uh, this is in between. This is in between, right? Oh, the cottonwood stuff. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk, let's not talk about that. Uh, Okay, so we're, we're in, we're digging in, we're talking about the invitation. We're inviting people into the gospel life, and we're doing that not necessarily nothing wrong but not we're not just literally giving them a piece of paper saying hey come to church we're doing that by being able to clearly articulate the gospel and live it out our lives are the invitation yeah. right the way that we live the way we uh, we navigate relationships that's the invitation and so that's what this is all about we're wanting to look at we are looking at Jesus and if you if you got one of the handouts or if you in your small group you got one of the links to the handout you just saw a bunch of passages from the Gospels. Folks, just read the Gospels. Just read Jesus, and you're going to see how he invited people into the Gospel life all the time. Yeah. All the time. And everything he did. Um, and that's what we're doing this morning. Handle time. You ready for the handle? Okay. We're invited to follow. Amen. Invited to follow. You're like, that's something you should probably end the series with, Ethan. No, we're starting it. <laughs> invited to follow. Last week, we talked about who's invited. Do you guys remember who's invited? Everybody. Everybody. What, what specifically did we talk about? Yes. The outcasts and the needy. The social pariahs, right? That's That's who Jesus really went after. Everyone's invited. We know that. But he sought after those that no one was inviting. Okay? Amen. There we go. Summary. I could have just said that last week. All right. So the, we're talking about invited to follow. We are invited to follow. We got the cool, yes, the invitation. What does that mean? Let me ask you guys. In our time, in our culture today, what does it mean to follow? And, that's, and I, yeah, I would love to actually hear some answers. What does it mean to follow? Yeah. Just what's the first thing that comes into your head? Twitter. Thank you. Twitter? No. Twitter imitate. Yeah, oh, imitate. Okay. All right. Yes. Weakness? Weakness? Okay. Shepherd? What else? Okay. All right. All right. In today's world, follow has a spectrum of things. Um, I'm a lot like Teresa. The first thing I thought of was like social media. Follows. How many followers do you got? Right. So what are the implications of that? I'm not just going to pick on you, but anybody can answer. What are the implications of, sorry, Tom, if I'm walking too far off, please yell at me or something. Throw something at me. What are the implications of understanding following in terms of social media? Oh okay. Oh, consume, consumption. Okay, yes. Herd mentality, that's a thing. Doing whatever you want. Are you actually following this person? What does that mean? Let's break that down. What does that mean? I got some. I got this many followers on Instagram or whatever. Are they? Are, what, what does that mean? Are they following you around? They're watching you from a distance. They're speculating, critiquing, whatever. I like that post, thumbs up. I don't like that one, angry face. Mhm. Mhm. I think you guys got me on that. What does follow mean in our culture today? It's a lot different than what it meant in biblical times, for sure. Right? Would you agree? Yes. Amen. So what does it really mean to follow Jesus? How do we purge our mindsets? Uh, I, I think if we're not aware uh, of how we define words and how we understand things, we're just going to automatically fill in these gaps. So imagine reading the Bible and you say, Jesus says, come follow me. And you're, the way you're defining the word follow is by our definition of today. That's dangerous, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Jesus from a distance. I'm not actually going to do what he does. But I'm just going to watch him. And I'll applaud I'll once in a while when I like what he does. I'll repost. Oh, that's a little real. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's what following is. It's not. it's not. What does it really mean to follow Jesus? And why, why would people follow him? Okay, that's what we're breaking down today. That's what we're breaking down. Uh, here, here, here's, the, here's the handle to the handle. All right, we're invited to follow. So, so to follow Jesus is to leave everything behind. Everything is second to Jesus. We're going to see that in scripture. We follow Jesus because he's the pathway to God and he's the pathway to flourishing life. So this is what we do. Number 1 to follow Jesus, we have to leave the nets. It's not a basketball reference. <laughs> we'll see in scripture in a second. You got to you got to leave your nets. Number two, you gotta take Jesus' yoke. You gotta take Jesus' yoke. So turn with me to Mark One. Cl- click with me to Mark One. You know, we're gonna talk about leaving the nets. When we talk about following Jesus, you gotta leave your nets. You gotta leave them. Follow Jesus means more than watching him at a distance. It's a to follow in his footsteps. So here, Mark 1, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he got a little farther, He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. I'm going to get something real quick. That way I'm not, like, struggling to speak. Say on that passage. A little ASMR action. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Never mind. Uh, ask a younger person in the audience. Wow. <laughs> follow me. Jesus says, follow me. This is a term that only really a rabbi would use. In this time, in this place, in this culture. Follow me. Come this is a, this is a r- rabbinical term. The way it would work in the society, I know we, I've probably talked about this too much, but just to refresh, the way it would work in this society is this is, a, this is a society, Judaism, right? It's not just something they do once or twice a week. This is everything. It's their whole society is based upon this. The highest status where you'd want to ascend as a specifically young Jewish man would be in your study of the Torah to be able to get to a point where you can elevate enough to be able to follow a rabbi and be trained by a rabbi and to become a teacher of the rabbi and maybe, and maybe one day become a rabbi yourself. That's what you would want in life. That's where you get status. That's where you get support. That's where you get notoriety. Being a fisherman, right, being a tradesman, not the same, not the same status. And so as we can see some parallels in our country today, our world today as well, not everyone can do that. And so we see people like Andrew and Peter and John. We see these people that are fishermen, and they're out in the daytime, or, or they're, they're out fishing with their dad. What does that tell you? Did they make it in that system? No. At some point, they're like, we're not going to be able to make it. We're not going to be able to follow a rabbi. I'm not smart enough, whatever it might be. Right? Are you with me? Okay. So like, okay, this is going to be the grind. We're going to... We're going to get into the family business. This is going to be what we do. Rabbis, if if you wanted to follow a rabbi, you would have to basically prove yourself. You'd have to be proven, right? And And then you would go through this process to be able to follow a rabbi. It's a strange thing for a rabbi to walk up to you and say, come follow me. It's a strange thing. Jesus is a little strange. Can we say that? Thank you, and we love him for that. This is, Jesus is calling them to be his student, to come and follow me. Because look at their response. What do they do? They leave. Okay. To follow a rabbi, you left, whatever, you left your household, your family, whatever you were doing before. You're following them everywhere, and you're learning everything from them. I think the best visual we get from this is uh, kung fu movies. You're right, And you go, and you see the master, and then you see his disciples. And they all try to copy his style, and they try to all do the same thing that he does, right? That's a similar thing. That's maybe an imagery that we can resonate with a little bit more if you, if you watch those kinds of movies. So when Jesus is saying, come follow me, he's calling them to leave behind their vocation. He's calling them to come follow him every day. So what do they do? They do that. They leave behind a a productive career in order to have a productive spiritual life. <clears throat> they left their nets. They left, in uh, Luke, if you read the same story in Luke 5, Luke words as, they left everything. That's what you did if you would follow Jesus. If you followed a rabbit, leave everything to go pursue that. What did Jesus G- call you to leave? When Jesus, when you had that time in your life, when you had that moment in your life where you came face to face with Jesus, and you had that follow me moment, what was he calling you to leave? What did you leave? I believe if we want to invite people into the gospel life, we need to be able to articulate that. We need to be able to do that because that is hard. And that becomes, that's really one of the hardest things a human being can do is, is I'm going to leave Jesus crazy. That's crazy. And unfortunately, one of the things that we see in today's world is we see churches, we see Christianity trying to grapple with having their cake and eat it too. And it doesn't work that way. What does he calling to leave today? I love that line there. Verse 18, at once they left their nets and followed him. What are the nets you need to leave? Right? If there are some still in your life, amen. Oftentimes, it's those things that that we don't want to leave behind are the things that Jesus is calling us to leave behind. And we're like, oh, yeah, Jesus wants me to leave behind my bad relationship with my family. Okay, leave that behind. No, that's too much. You wanted to leave that anyways. Right. Well, right. right. Yeah. right? Yeah. I'm speaking from my heart. Oftentimes it's the things we <laughs> that we find our identity in that's not in God. Right. She's like, Yeah, you're gonna have to leave that. These guys, I can I can I, I I'm really trying to not speculate when we go through the passages, but I can I can speculate these guys got their identity as fishermen. This is everything. This is what they got. They couldn't make it to be to follow a rabbi. This is what they got. That or become beggars. I believe there's probably some identity things there. Everything's got to be second to Jesus. Uh, Let's go to Matthew eight. Amen. All right, Matthew eight, verse eighteen. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. He's like, yeah, let me be one of your students too. Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. This is a harsh passage, isn't it? Or is that often how we read it? You know, this is one of those situations in the scripture I think we might be misreading things a little bit. Probably what, what people are kind of arriving at, what we're understanding about this passage, and what this disciple intended by, hey, let me go bury my father. It's very likely this guy, this guy's dad wasn't even dead yet. Maybe his dad was old. He's like, let me go wait for him to do that because it's all on me and I'm going to have to do all that and it'd be really inconvenient for me to drop that right now or or whatever. Maybe he had fear of disappointing his father, maybe he had the family obligations there, right? Are you with me? Jesus can't be second. Second. What are the things in your life that you're convinced you can't drop because it all depends on you? Right? And we gotta be careful with that. Be discerning. Advice as well. Right? You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to your family. Especially when it comes to your family. But there are things we are dead convinced if I leave this job, if I do this thing, not my world's gonna fall apart. Everyone else's world's gonna fall apart too. (laughs) Really, the struggle is I'm finding my identity in that thing, and I'm not willing to let it go. You with me? Am I being too vague? No. Okay. Okay. I'm going to leave room for the Spirit to speak to you. We can have competing loyalties in our life. What are the competing loyalties in your life to Jesus? If Jesus is first, then you aren't following Jesus. We each need to think about that for ourselves, not for anybody else that's popping into your head right now, for you. If Jesus isn't first, then you aren't following Jesus. Following Jesus is work. Following Jesus is work. And in his ministry, we saw people um, join him, and we saw people say, this is too hard, I can't do this, and they stopped following him. Happens today too, folks. What did they follow Jesus for? What did they follow him for? Why the high commitment? Let's talk about Jesus' yoke. Right. People follow Jesus for a reason. It may not always be the right reason. Right. But you know what God does with wrong reasons? You know why I came out to church? Oh. She's sitting over there. Yeah. And we're having our second child a few weeks. <laughs> Praise God, that is not us. Praise God, that is not us. God can do anything. <laughs> Amen. And we know the disciples, they follow Jesus like, yeah, this is going to be the warrior Messiah. You know what I mean? We got to think about this. People followed Jesus for a reason. Why did Jesus want people to follow him? We have an agenda Jesus is going to help me get blank or get away from blank. Right. Doesn't work that way. I don't have to tell you guys this. Right. And if you haven't experienced that yet, you will. Yeah. you will. There's a cool truth I love about human beings. We're, we're interesting creatures. We all want God. We all have a hunger for the divine. Is that not true? Yeah. You can't run from it. Right, If you run from God, you run from the God of the Bible, people are going to try to recreate him in a different way. <laughs> exactly. It is so true. Yeah. Human beings are built that way. Yeah. We are not built to be divineless. Right. We're going to go through a few passages here that I feel like resonate together. We're going to piece them together, so please stick with me. But let's go to John 10.10. 10. <clears throat> Why does Jesus want people to follow him? Not why do people want to follow Jesus. Why does Jesus want people to follow him? John ten, ten. The thief comes only to steal, steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. And not just life. But have it to the full, to the max. I want a version that says to the max. To the full. John fourteen verse six. So just flip a page. You guys can say this probably without turning there, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me, right? Let's go to one more. These together. Matthew eleven. These are, the, these are the life scriptures here, aren't they? These are the go-tos. Let's put them together. Let's make a sandwich. Matthew 11. I bet you know where I'm going here. No takers? Okay, 28. Okay, yeah, Chaz is with me, yeah. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Who's weary and burdened this morning? Listen. Let's all raise our hands, amen. But yes, the humble raise their hand. Yes, yes. And I will give you rest. There's a version out there that says, I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Oh, you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus's work following Jesus is follow Jesus for any period of time. it is work, yeah. Yeah. we feel that, but the yoke of Jesus in life is easy compared to the yokes that we preferred before, right. or that some of us maybe and if we're honest, maybe we're still carrying those yokes. Do you guys know what a yoke is? This is where I should have pulled up a picture. okay, picture. You got two, like, bulls, like two cows, and they're going to plow a field. It's the wooden thing that goes around their necks that connects them together. So where one goes, the other goes. Okay. I want you to picture imagery around you, but on the other side is someone that is just going to drag you everywhere. You know what I mean? I think that's how it is with our flesh. Yeah. That's how it is when we end up following humans. Right? And imagine, picture that you got someone who's just being... Along everywhere and yoke, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm totally deciding this. Yeah, this is my choice too." (laughs) Jesus says, "Take that yoke off." The yoke he's talking about here is the law. The right, he's talking about the law to the Jews, so that context is important. But what in your life? What is the thing you've yoked yourself to above God? When we yoke ourselves to Jesus, it's easier truth in life is you're always yoked to something. The biggest lie is that you're not. Right. The biggest lie is that you're not. Reason away. Reason away. You're, everyone is yoked to something. Everyone is influenced by something. Everybody follows something. And if it's nothing else, it's yourself. Right. It's your ego. It's your corrupt heart. Who's on the other side of your yoke today, family? Who is it? Let it be Jesus. Right now, no matter where you've been at this morning, whatever conversations you had, let it be Jesus. When we're yoked to Jesus, he doesn't do it like other people. He doesn't do it like we treat ourselves. He doesn't like other people treat us. He he walks with us. He shows us the way. He's gentle. He teaches us, come on. Okay, I know you're not ready, but you got to go. You got to go. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it hurts. But he knows what's good for us. When Jesus is on the yoke, we live like him. We get to watch him. This is what you do, Jesus? This is what you said? This is what you think of me, Jesus? We live life at his pace. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I don't know if we really mean that. I think I really like living life on my pace. (laughs) We live life in his timing. When you're yoked to Jesus, you get to experience some serious benefits. Amen? Amen. And guess what? This is what being a blessing means. When you are yoked to Jesus, the people around you get to experience those benefits as well. Even if they're not yoked to Jesus, they're going to feel that. They're going to see that. They're going to desire that. It's going to ripple out. Amen? It's not just about you. It's not. You get to experience restoration with God, your creator. Think about that for a second. Stop. Stop your thinking on whatever else it was. Okay, Shannon, you good? All right. All right. Me and you right now. God, our creator, to be one with him, as Jesus was, is the goal. We have that opportunity. How amazing is that? We have an opportunity to be restored and reconciled with fellow human beings. What other place in the world where are there opponents who invite each other into their homes? It's an easy thing to love your friends and your family. That might hurt you once in a while. It's hard to love your enemies. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yoked to Jesus, he shows you how. You get plenty of opportunities too. You get peace in your life. You get peace in your life. When's the last time you felt peace? Mm -hmm. Peace doesn't mean everything's fine. Peace doesn't mean I just got paid. We feel that. I feel that. Mm -hmm. Peace doesn't mean no one's mad at me. Peace means I know who God is and I know who I am before him I know my place in that, and everything is okay. No matter what goes on, peace is Jesus sleeping in a boat while there's a storm. Right. I want to do that. Give me peace. Give us peace, God. Galatians 5:22. I've been reading this cool book lately. I'll plug it some other time. It's really awesome. It's called Reci- okay. It's called Reciprocal Church. Okay, um, and one of the there. <laughs> It's talking about within a reciprocal church, um, uh, there's, there's this lens of Galatians 5. We know Galatians 5 well, right? right? Well, and here's the thing. What part of Galatians 5 pops into your head first? That says a lot about where you're at, right? right? Oof, yeah. Is it the bad, bad, or the good, good, right? <laughs> but those are the fruit of the Spirit and the, the, the fruit of the everything else, <laughs> the sinful nature, everything that's not of the Spirit. You know what's interesting about those things? Now the fruit of the sinful nature are community destroying. And the fruit of the spirit are community building. We'll mm. read that sometime yeah. and rest on that. Mm-hmm. What the spirit gives us when we yoke ourselves to Jesus are the very same things that build other people up. Yeah. What? God is amazing. Yes. Right. God is amazing. Why are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus for these reasons? To experience a reconciled relationship with God? To experience flourishing life despite how you think it might be? Or how you would define that? Are you following Jesus to experience peace? Are you you following Jesus to build community through the Spirit? We're going to close our time here with a a thought and a passage for communion. We're going to go back to John 10. To follow Jesus, this is to leave behind everything. Everything has got to be second to Jesus. We follow Jesus because he is the pathway to God, and he's a pathway to flourishing life. Flourishing life. Can you articulate that? Are you good with that this morning? Yep. If not, amen, let's keep talking about it this week. Let's break it down. Let's be specific in our lives. Where in my life have I experienced flourishing life that I can share with other people? Where in my life am I, am I yoked to Jesus, and it's hard, but I'm still yoked to him? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those things. Let's share those stories, yep. right? Let's, let those things be the things that pass along, that move along in our midst, amen? Yeah. Let's talk about what is good. And focus on things above. Jesus is worthy of being followed. Caitlin's going to come up and read a passage. Yeah. She's going to come up and read a passage for us. Can And, and as as Caitlin reads this, do you want to use my Bible?
1: Yeah, mine's amplified, so it's going to be really weird. That's, we'll just stick with that.
0: Okay. I don't think amplified's weird.
1: It's just all the extra words.
0: That's all good. All right. John ten, verses one through eighteen. As as Caitlin reads this, consider how Jesus is worthy of being followed. Consider how being fir- how, how Jesus is worthy of being first in your life and how he reveals God to us. I? <laughs> you can you can go up there with one of those mics if you want to. Okay. I didn't think that part through.
1: Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. The command I received from my father.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. These are the words of the Lord. Let's pray and take communion together father we come before you and thank you thank you for jesus being the good shepherd thank you for jesus being something who is worthy of being followed who is worthy of being yoked too and god thank you for thinking so much of us that we get to follow him and we get to know you through him As we think about this passage, as we think about Jesus being the good shepherd, God, I pray that you speak to our hearts, speak to to us, and help us to see where in our life where we are listening or not listening to the voice of Jesus. And in this moment, in this time, help us to look into one another's eyes and consider, Father, how we, together as your people, yoked to Jesus, following in his footsteps, can Bring your gospel to a world that is still in pain, in a world that is still dominated by sin and darkness. To you be the glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.